Hi and welcome to our latest One Church podcast. Our vision is to encourage, equip and empower you to discover a life-changing relationship with God. We hope this message will inspire you to discover your full potential. Thanks for listening. Good morning, church. I didn't really want to move for that space this morning. Um, Before we begin, I just want... God's already speaking this morning, isn't he? And um, I just want to encourage you not to hear my voice this morning, but to continue to hear God's voice. I believe that this is... This is uh, from God, and it's, it's for you for this time. But I, I just pray that as you as you hear these words and this message, that you will you will continue to hear from God in your own personal way. And that's been what's been amazing about our devotion times on a Wednesday. That there's nothing pre-planned, there's nothing prepared. Who's there is there at that moment, and we just open the scripture. Uh, read some verses and then just share what it means to each individual and it's just amazing all the different things that come out of one verse depending on uh, where people are at but I just really really want to encourage you not to hear me this morning but to hear God through these words let's pray Lord thank you that your presence is here that you are with us in the room Holy Spirit I pray that you will continue to move among us this morning Thank you for your your glory. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your peace and your joy. Lord, let us let us be aware of that. Let us just take a moment to inhale. Thank you that you continue to speak to us, Lord. And I pray that as we open your word this morning, that that's exactly what you'll do. Jesus, you are so worthy. Thank you for everything you've done and everything that you're about to do through this church and through these individuals in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to just jump into my my main text this morning, which is in Romans 13, verse 11. And it'll be on the screen. It says, make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted and taking care of all your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off, oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence, in sleeping around in dissipation, in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger, waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about. Amen. If you're taking notes this morning, the title of today's message is Sleepwalking, with the subtitle, Time to Wake Up. Time to Wake Up. I don't know about you, but I've never been a morning person. I'm a bit of an, uh, 
a night owl, my creative mind seems to come awake and spark into action at about 11 o'clock at night. But if you ever bump into me at about 7 o'clock in the morning, you will get a fright. In fact, it's probably better that I show you, in all genuineness, this is me at 7 o'clock in the morning. How lucky is my wife? <laughs> she wakes up to that every morning. But every morning it takes me at least about three hits in the snooze button before I eventually drag myself to my feet. But my kids will reassure you, once I'm up, I'm not conscious. I have no idea where I am or who I am. My eyes might be open, but don't let that fool you. As I stumble my way through the house and bring myself together and get ready. I'm only running on pilot mode, autopilot. Um, every day I take my girls to the school and I'm going to be honest, see if I've not had at least two mugs of coffee to bring me around, I have no recollection of how they got there. You know that moment where you look up and you say to yourself, how did I even get here? And I think as Christians, we need to get better at waking up. We, awakening to God's voice, awakening to the Holy Spirit, awakening to his love and faithfulness, awakening to his wonder and majesty, but also awakening to the lies of the enemy, waking up to his deceit and division, and lastly, waking up to ourselves, waking up to who we are in Christ and what we carry. Because if we are not intentional about being conscious and present, we are at danger of sleepwalking into a life of routine and habit. With no awareness of God's presence or what he's doing through us. Put your hand up this morning if you've ever experienced sleepwalking. Okay. Anyone who put their hand up to that is lying. Because when you are sleepwalking, you have no awareness that you're sleepwalking. You, your senses are gone, you can't see, you can't hear, you begin to wander and bump into things. You have no coordination, no sense of direction, and no memory. So the only way you could ever know that you've been sleepwalking is one, if someone else tells you, or two, you wake up and realise that something is missing, out of place, or damaged. I found this on the internet this week. Janice used to think her husband's sleepwalking was funny. He fumbled through the dark, often muttering incoherently and occasionally walking into walls. But she stopped laughing when he made his way to the garage one night and started the car. And I believe in a world of chaos and confusion right now, it's time for us to wake up and realise that Jesus is the hope of this world. It's time for the church um, to rise up before any more damage is done and be the light that wakens people up to a brighter future, amen? I want to look at a passage this morning where Jesus is feeling overwhelmed and distressed. He's moments away from facing death and his three closest mates 
Peter, James and John have fallen asleep. To give you a bit of context, Jesus has just shared communion with the disciples at the Last Supper and he explains to them, to them the time has come. The time has come where I need to hand myself over and be crucified. But he tries to give them a pre-warning and he says, you lot are going to struggle. You're going to come up against some really difficult things. In fact, some of you won't want to be associated with me. And Peter's ego doesn't like what he's hearing. So he steps forward to defend himself and he says, this lot, Jesus, this lot might deny you. But no me. I'll never let you down. I'll never turn my back on you. In fact, I love you so much, Jesus, that I would die with you. And Jesus looks at Peter and thinks to himself, you're deluded. You have no idea what you're saying right now. You are about to get a rude awakening. And he says, before the rooster crows twice tonight, you, Peter, are going to deny me three times. But this is what I love about Jesus. Even though he knows that these guys are going to let him down, he asks them to come and pray with him. And that's where we pick up the story this morning. I'm reading from Mark 14, verse 32. It says, They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John, John along with him. And he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he, said, he fell down to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he turned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you sleeping? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, again he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. Here we see Jesus in his final walk to the cross. This is the moment he's been working towards his entire life. He knows what's coming. He knows he's about to suffer a horrific death. So his first response is to go to the Father and pray. But he doesn't go alone. He takes with him his three closest friends, Peter, James and John, the ones who have been with him throughout his whole ministry, the ones who have said they would always have his back. Yet in his biggest hour of need, they fall asleep and abandon him. I don't know how many times someone has promised you the world and then not showed up, or how many times someone's confessed their undying loyalty to you, and then not followed through, but Jesus knows your pain. I've got to be honest with you, I've had to wake up to this reality recently. I didn't realise how much I had put my faith, hope and trust in people 
over my dependency in God. The truth is, people will let you down, just like Peter, James and John let Jesus down. But the danger is that if your dependency is in people, it can cause you to fall asleep to God's faithfulness. Then when people abandon you, you think God's abandoned you. But I want to encourage you, because when, G- when Peter, James and John abandoned Jesus, his dependency was in the Father. No matter how many times they let him down, he went back to the Father. It says Jesus was deeply distressed, troubled and overwhelmed to the point of death, but he went to the Father again and prayed. And I want to encourage you this morning that if you feel disappointed or let down, if you feel that you've just been abandoned too many times, it's time to wake up and realise that Jesus and God will never leave you. No matter how bad your situation looks, God will never abandon you. How often as Christians have we given our word to Jesus and confessed our undying love to him and vowed to keep his promises and commands only to ignore his voice and fall asleep? Whenever we switch off and become complacent to who Jesus is and everything that he's done for you, we fall asleep to his faithfulness. We fall asleep to his sacrifice. We fall asleep to his love, grace and forgiveness. And we become oblivious to his presence and begin to sleepwalk. And some of you have been walking with Jesus for a while. But over time you've become complacent. You've fallen asleep to his voice. You've fallen asleep to his promise that he gave you. You've fallen asleep to how much he loves and cares for you. And as a result, you've started depending on people. I believe God wants to wake you up this morning. Wake you up to his goodness. Wake you up to his kindness. And wake you up to the good news that you have a father in heaven who never sleeps who looks over you 24-7 and never leaves you. Let's keep reminding ourselves of that promise so that we never become complacent and fall asleep to his glory. Amen. I want to look at two things from this passage that I believe we need to wake up from this morning. Number one is comfort. Six months ago, we treated ourselves to a top-of-the-range Gucci mattress. It's called an Emma, and she is the best £600 we have ever spent. She's a king-size hybrid. Half memory foam, half pocket sprung. And her comfort is deadly. There There are many things in life that cause us to fall asleep. But whenever real comfort gets a grip of you, it can send you into a deep trance. It can stop you from moving, growing, learning, and changing and adapting. Jesus said to Peter, are you sleeping? Couldn't you stay awake for one hour? Watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Your spirit isn't strong enough 
to keep you awake. It doesn't matter how much your spirit is wanting something. If you give your flesh a piece of comfort, it will make a bed and lie in it. There have been so many times in my life where my spirit was fighting for something, but my flesh gave up and lay down to comfort. Whenever we get so comfortable with anything, we settle where we are and fall asleep. Whenever we become comfortable with any type of sin, we fall asleep to conviction. Yeah? The first few times that you do something that you know isn't right, conviction will wake you up. But if you keep hitting snooze and ignoring the Holy Spirit, eventually that voice of conviction will get quieter and quieter and quieter. To the point where it becomes so acceptable that you fall asleep. When these disciples ignored Jesus and fell asleep, they had no conviction. Because every time he turned his back, they did it again and again and again. Because their conviction had fallen asleep to comfort. Notice how quickly they fell asleep. It says they couldn't even stay awake for one hour. And that's what the enemy wants, church. He wants you to become so comfortable that you switch off. The devil will sing you a lullaby, a lies. Because he wants you to feel so relaxed that whenever you go to that place of comfort, whether it's sex, drugs, money or addiction, you will become so comfortable that that voice of conviction won't wake you up. Because the flesh is weak. When Jesus tried to warn the disciples to stay alert, it's because he knew the, fe the, the flesh was weak. Even Jesus battled with comfort. That's why he fell to his knees and cried out to God, if there's any way out of this, take it from me. Because his flesh was weak. And that's why Paul writes in Galatians that we need to deny ourselves and crucify the flesh. Crucify the flesh. That's a big statement. But so often we are so like Peter, aren't we? Because the last thing we want to admit is our weakness. We will try anything before we admit we're weak. Because our ego wants to fix ourselves, yeah? So we do that self-help thing where we stand in front of the mirror. You can do this, Kenny. You are not weak. You are not lazy. You are not selfish. Then two hours later, I've cancelled the gym and destroyed a Domino's. <laughs> if we want to overcome, Andy's laughing. <laughs> you can relate to that, can you? <laughs> if we want to overcome temptation and defeat comfort, we need to wake up to our weakness. We need to humble ourselves and get on our knees like Jesus and nail it to the cross. Nail it to the cross, church. Then we can wake up and say, through Jesus Christ, I am a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. I have been resurrected with him and I am born again. Amen. I don't know what you're struggling with right now. But it's time to stop sleep, sleepwalking in comfort. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Don't become so well adjusted to your culture 
that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Let's never be a church who settles for comfort, eh? Let's stay alert to God's voice and quickly respond, amen? Number two is familiarity. Comfort and familiarity are best of mates, but they are our worst enemies. Peter, James and John were three of the twelve disciples. But to Jesus, they were more than that. They were part of his inner circle. When Jesus first asked them to come and follow him, these three fishermen dropped everything and responded immediately. Without hesitation, they left their jobs, dreams and aspirations and devoted themselves. They were all in. Yet three years later, when Jesus is about to die for them, familiarity has caused them to fall asleep. For three years they followed Jesus everywhere. They watched him turn water into wine, walk in water, heal the sick and raise the dead. Time and time again he revealed his power and glory. He taught them how to build wisdom and character and integrity. He showed them how to be better sons and fathers and husbands. He demonstrated unconditional love, grace and kindness. Yet when Jesus needed them most, they fell asleep. Whenever we become so familiar with something, we switch off and stop responding. Whether it's our job, our marriage, our friendships, or our walk with Jesus. When our love, appreciation, and gratitude begins to fade, we stop valuing what we have. Three times Jesus tried to wake them up, and three times they didn't respond. His voice had become so familiar to them that it held no authority. And his presence had become so familiar that it held no power. And whenever comfort and familiarity causes us to fall asleep, God's word stops having any authority in our life. And his presence stops having any power. Remember what Jesus said to Peter, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. It's no wonder that he didn't wake up to that warning because he was spiritually sleepwalking. He was stumbling all over the place. One minute he was telling everybody that he would die for Jesus. Then he ignores Jesus and falls asleep. But once they arrest Jesus, Peter reaches a new low and denies that he ever knew him. As the team come back up, it says later on in verse 66, while Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter, she looked, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't understand what you're talking about. And this is where the, the rooster crows for the first time, but he doesn't hear it. Then she says again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. After a little while, 
those standing near said to Peter, surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curse and swore at them. I don't know this man that you're talking about. And here comes the second wake-up call. Immediately the rooster crowed a second time. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken to him. He woke up and broke down and wept. This is the moment where where Peter finally wakes up and realises what he's been doing. He breaks down and cries because his eyes have finally opened. Maybe you have a relationship with Jesus and you've confessed your love to him. But you keep bumping into the same walls and you've started to say things that don't make any sense. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to wake us up this morning. He wants to open our eyes to the things that we've fallen asleep to. This is for everyone here this morning, every one of us. A fresh awakening. A fresh awakening. He wants to lift the veil and reveal his glory. Where have you fallen asleep today? Where have you become so complacent and so used to his voice, his presence, his promises? Where have you slowly started to slip away into a life of routine and not aware that God is moving in your life What have you overlooked? What things do you keep hitting snooze on? It's time to wake up, church. Let's just close our eyes and be still and listen to what God's saying to you. Because I believe that this word is wakening us up this morning and if we just stop for a minute and be aware of his voice and his conviction that conviction that has slowly disappeared in the areas of your life where you know isn't for you maybe you're here today and you've never made that decision to surrender your life to Jesus And maybe people have let you down time and time again. Close friends, people that you thought you could trust have took the feet from you. But you need to know that God, your heavenly Father, has never abandoned you. And he is standing, waiting for you to wake up to his glory. Wake up to his love. Wake up to his grace and forgiveness on your life if you've never made that decision this morning I'm just going to say a prayer 
And if you know that God is speaking to you right now, please don't put this off. You can make this decision today. Today. And stop sleepwalking and bumping into everything. Open your eyes to how much Jesus loves you. And he gave his life on a cross for you. But he didn't stay there. He rose again so that you could live. So if you want to pray that prayer, just echo this in your heart this morning. And just do business with God. You and him. And it's saying this. It says in the Bible that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You can pray this just now. Thank you, Lord, for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. Thank you that he raised again to life and paid the price for me. Thank you that you accept me for who I am. Jesus, I accept you into my life today. And from this moment on, I choose to follow you. I wake up to the lies that I've believed and I hear your voice calling me. So I accept you today. Help me to be more like you from this day on in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen in. We pray this message has been an encouragement wherever it finds you. If you have found it helpful, why not share it with someone or leave a comment? To find out more and stay connected, you can follow us at One Church Scotland through our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Take care and have a great week.